Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Police Band Radio has announced a situation at a bank downtown. In a nearby garage, Frank Castle arms up and prepares to deal with it his way. Rolling up to a side door of the bank, Frank waltzes in, guns blazing, spraying the robber's blood all over the bank lobby and concerned citizens nearby. Arriving on scene 15 seconds later, Mr. Terrific rushes in and sees the carnage. Stopping to take in the murderer, Terrific calls out, You didn't have to kill them all. Just arrest him. Frank looks back and scowls. I'm not the arrester. I'm the punisher. Well, I've got to take you in for murder then. Frank's eyes light right up. I'd like to see you try. It's Castiglione versus Holt. It's Thunderbolts versus JSA. It's the Punisher versus Mr. Terrific. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Cavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only, dare I say, legendary Ray Stacanus. Today's battle pits two peak humans against each other who, despite not having superpowers, couldn't be more different from each other. In one corner, you have the Punisher, Marvel Comics' anti-hero supreme, who takes great pleasure in being the killer who kills killers, thereby reducing the number of killers to be killed. Versus Mr. Terrific, a scientific powerhouse who is listed as the third smartest person in the DC universe. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed, and there was absolutely no mention whatsoever, yet again, of anywhere of this battle. So one more time, the Who Would Win Show brings you, the Legion of Audience, another premier battle in geek culture. Ray, what are your thoughts on this matchup? I am always giddy every single time we have a chance to take the Punisher and put him on this show. I am well outspoken that the Punisher is my favorite comic book character of all time. I own many, many Punisher trade paperbacks. One would say that I've been uh, studying for this battle for decades, if not 
multiple decades. Big fan of the character. Now, this is his third time on the show. He's been on once before, and he won the Punisher versus Rambo episode. I repped Punisher, I would say, brilliantly to win that battle. Second time back was actually last Shocktober, James. You demanded. You ripped out that character out from underneath me when we did Punisher as Frankencastle, and then you did some weird things in the battle by just including regular Punisher feats that weren't even Frankencastle. I'll forgive you because you lost that battle to the vampire Lestat from Anne Rice's interview with the vampire books. I think that's an underrated battle of last year. That's the, of course, the famed Mitchell Baldwin redemption battle. Great job, Mitch. You got that one right. So we're back here again to do the more the Punisher gauntlet, if you will. The Punisher versus Mr. Terrific. At first glance, these two characters are nothing alike. But if you break it down a little bit further, they have way more in common than I first thought. Ray, I couldn't disagree with you more. Listen, I, I love a Punisher. Great character. Uh, character arc has been fantastic over the decades he's been around. But you can't understell the magnificence that is Mr. Terrific. Now, my hope is that uh, James Gunn does the right thing and brings Mr. Terrific to live action in, in a major movie. I'm telling you, if he has a, you know, a, a, a supporting role in a Batman or Superman movie, everyone's going to be saying, who the heck is this? We want more of this character. He will have his own starring movie very, very soon, and we will all be seeing the praises of Mr. Terrific. Now, with that being said, you know, Mr. Terrific is the, the third smartest person in the DC universe, supposedly. I'd actually put him a little bit higher, but it got me thinking about a question I've had for years. So, Ray, I'm going to ask you this. I want to get your opinion on this. We have so many quote-unquote super geniuses within DC and Marvel Comics. You've got your Tony Starks, you've got your Lex Luthor's, your Dr. Dooms, your Bruce Wayne's, of course, your Mr. Terrific's, your Mr. Fantastic's, Reed Richards. So the question is this. Should someone's genius IQ be considered as a superpower? What do you think? That's tough because I'd be a superhero by that designation, and I just don't know that I feel super every single day of the week. Uh, super brilliance, I think having it doesn't make you a superhero. I think doing something with it, like Tony Stark is a super genius who then created the Iron Man suits, right, in order to, like, become a hero. So it was the genius to do something. I think, like, a lot of people who grew up being told they were gifted kids, that's not enough. Until you do something with that gift, it just remains as untapped potential. Ray, I'm not sure what you're drinking today. I'm sure it's Pepsi Max, actually. Mixed with Here's something. the thing. Of course I'm talking about them after they've actually done stuff because if someone just walks in a room, you can't really tell if they're a super genius or not unless they apply that genius. I'm talking about all those people I just listed. They've applied their geniuses. They've created time travel, these amazing armored suits so that can do wondrous things, or Batman who's got this crazy ability to solve any crime or whatever you think about but I really do think, I'm just going to go out there and say it, I think if someone's got this quote-unquote genius IQ, that is a superpower. That's what puts Batman into that meta-human level threat that Amanda Waller, of all people, has put him into. All right. Luckily, on today's episode, we have a de facto super genius on the show who can answer this question and just be absolutely incredible as a judge. Making their second appearance on the Who Would Win show is TV writer, comedian, writer, and consulting producer for Spirit Rangers on Netflix, creator of Gone Native on Comedy Central Digital, and member of the Khaled's Indian tribe. It's the one and only Joey Clift. Joey, welcome back to Who Would Win. Uh, yeah, uh, hey everybody, thanks so much for having me uh, back and thanks so much to the Legion of Audience for um, blessing me with the uh, Best New Judge of Season 4 award, which I'm so excited to get. I have to say that award is my greatest accomplishment and also maybe the heaviest weight around my neck. 
Um, every moment after winning that award has really just been a hellscape of trying to accomplish that level of greatness a second time. I went so far as to judge underground who would win competitions on the dark web. I was walking up to random people on the street and saying, give me one superhero and another superhero and I'll judge them, please, please. Eventually, my friends and family left me. I became obsessed. I had to go to judging rehab, and I've been clean from judging for the past two months. Today could be my dark night of the soul or the moment where I'm reborn as a judging phoenix. But the reason that I'm back is because the Legion of Audience needs me, and that's just all I want to do is to be in their good graces. You know, to echo that, we were really surprised by the reaction our fan base had to you being on the show. You had a really hard battle to judge, but you did it brilliantly, and you just used this incredible logic to come to a really, really great verdict, which favored me at the time. All right, so listen, Joey, before we get into all of this, tell the Legion of Audience what you've been up to. So, um, you know, aside from being in judging rehab, like I mentioned, which was just, which just a hellscape where I could not, I could not judge anything. They locked me in a padded room. It was very intense. Um, you know, in my my breaks between that, um, you know, working on my Comedy Central digital series, which you mentioned, Gone Native, um, and then uh, the the second season of Spirit Rangers on Netflix came out a few weeks ago. Uh, really excited about that. Definitely check that out. It's a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I would say um, you know mainly working on those things, and then just uh, you know doing everything I can to achieve the greatness that I achieved on December seventh, the date of my last Who Would Win episode. <laughs> That was a rough one. That was a soldier boy from the boys versus a MCU version of Shuri uh, right after what Wakanda forever came out. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it here. I will just say that was a very tough battle that came to one very decisive question that you answered the way that you answered it. That was pretty nondescript, I think. Uh, thanks. Yeah, that was a very tough fight. Um, I, you know, I think that I have to say it speaks to, um, you know, how great uh, you are as debaters. Um, you know, it really made it a difficult battle to judge. But, you know, I think that where we landed, I, I still stand by that decision. I've only lost, you know, maybe two or three weeks worth of sleep over it. But, you know, in general, I think that I've been able to like handle it really well. It's just, you know, the pressure, the pressure really gets to you. I'm sure that both of you get it. I mean, it's, that's typical. That's what we get from all our judges is that two to three weeks after this, if there's, there's a lot going on in their head, they can't shut off. Yeah. Some nightmares the, the who, happen. Yeah. The uh, who would win crash. Yep. Yep. We all talk about it. We're all on a yeah, text chain yeah, together. Yeah. It's, it's all there. Yeah. yeah. All, all right. Because all of us, all of us do not want to see the wrath of the Legion of audience. Even the Punisher fears the Legion of audience. That might be true. Very true. All right. Listen, we have, you know, our newcomer judge of the year, really for season four, uh, back on the show, ready to provide his super genius, for whatever's about to happen today. We've got the Punisher. We've got Mr. Terrific. We have everything we need for another classic Who Would Win battle. So with all that being said, Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Marvel Comics, the anti-hero who is much like a newspaper, black and white and red all over, the Punisher. And representing DC Comics, the hero who is known as the third smartest person in the world, but he'd also only be the third smartest person on this show, Mr. Terrific. Well, that's just actually, I mean, I disagree. That's a nice compliment, though. Thank you. No, no, Ray. James, James, so I'm, talking about myself and, I'm talking about myself and Joey Clift. Oh, thank you. James, do you have any compliments to me as a rebuttal? Joey, you know, listen, you'll be getting an invite to a really high-end restaurant for, you know, dinner later this weekend. You and I will discuss this episode then without, uh, you know, interference from Ray and all that kind of good stuff. Don't worry about it. Your compliments are coming. It's not a bribe, by the way. It's just, you know, more of a gift oh, from me and the no, Legion of Audience. I just want to say thanks, but no thanks to that invite or that compliment because I, as a judge, cannot be bought. 
I like it. I like it. It's it's just it, it's already in the mail. I don't even know which way you're going to go. I do know which way you're going to go, by the way. And you're welcome. All right. Before we go any further, let's go over the official rules about who would win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the who would win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality. And the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, listen, there are so many versions of the Punisher, and there's so many great versions of the Punisher. What version are you using today? I love each and every one of them, but against a guy like Mr. Terrific, who I know you're going to bring it with, I got to go comic book version of the Punisher. I got lots more stuff to talk about that I didn't years ago. You know, the Punisher is one of those very few characters that in which in every iteration that I've ever seen, I've never seen a bad version of the Punisher. That's why another reason I just love this character. All right, Ray, of course you're right on this one. I have to go with the current DC Comics version of Mr. Terrific. He's just so incredible with this. Uh, yeah, let's, let's just kind of bring all of our gathered knowledge from both universes into one epic battle. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whoever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to leave the Who Would Win show a five-star rating and a fantastic written review wherever you download and listen to podcasts. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It is summertime, and that means get-togethers. It means swimsuit weather, and HelloFresh has got you covered. Why don't you make your home the hangout place this summer with crowd-pleasing eats from a backyard bratwurst bar to tangy key lime pie? HelloFresh Market makes summer entertaining a cinch for you. 
And let's face it, you want to eat well this summer, right? If you're going to be showing off your body, potentially. Well, HelloFresh's menu features calorie-smart and protein-smart lunch and dinner options, plus new vegan dinners to choose from as well, so you get some variety. HelloFresh makes it easy to reach your food goals with flavorful recipes that leave you feeling satisfied. And let's say, for example, you want dinner fast. You could just get it delivered, but let's face facts, that's not always fast, is it? But you can think of HelloFresh. With their fast and fresh recipes, they're going to be ready in just 15 minutes or less. Plus, HelloFresh is 25% cheaper than takeout. What's the deal? I've used HelloFresh in the past. I enjoy getting a box of meals sent to me because I like going on the website or the app or however you choose to do it, right? And I like to go on there and I like to look through all the meals. And HelloFresh has a ton of meals to pick from. And I like to pick things that I've never made before, right? I like to pick dishes that blow my mind. Like I look at the picture and I say, I don't know how I could possibly make that. I can't even conceive of what that is. And then I order it and then I do it. And that's the way that you help improve yourself, right? Improve your knowledge base. Reach out with food. It's possible with HelloFresh. I will speak to that myself. Go to HelloFresh.com slash WWW50 and use code WW50 for 50% off plus free shipping. That is HelloFresh.com slash WWW50 using code WW50 for 50% off plus free shipping. It's a great deal for some great food with America's number one meal kit. And now let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for The Punisher. The Punisher is an anti-hero in the world of Marvel Comics. He was created by Jerry Conway, John Romita Sr., and Ross Andrew, and first appeared in The Amazing Spider-Man number 129 back in 1974. Now, no matter the retelling of the character, Frank Castle was a decorated soldier back home from the war whose family got mixed up in a mob hit in a public place. Frank survived the shooting to discover his whole family had been killed. Seeking vengeance, Frank adorned a giant skull on his chest and started killing every criminal he could find as the Punisher. Despite having no superpowers, Frank's exceptional fighting ability, arsenal of weapons, and sheer force of will to survive makes him the last things criminals all around the world will ever see. And that's if they even see him at all. Fun fact, I mentioned before that the Punisher has no superpowers. But did you know that was not always the case? You see, back in 1998, Punisher comic book fans, they wanted something new from the character. You can only kill so many mobsters, right? Well, the answer was... Punisher Purgatory. It was a four-part series that saw Frank Castle revived after dying by his own hand to become a literal angel of death with divine powers. His mission was to send evil back to hell. The reception from the fan base, absolutely terrible. Nobody liked it at all. Because it pretty much just ripped off an underrated TV show called Brimstone that came out earlier in 1998. The same exact concept. Good news, though, this was quickly forgotten and moved on from when, in 2000, Garth Ennis took over writing Punisher comics more uh, full-time, and we got some of his best stories of all time. That's a win, and that's the Punisher. 
Very cool. Now, here are the details for Mr. Terrific. Mr. Terrific, a.k.a. Michael Holt, was created by writer John Ostrander and artist Tom Mandrake and made his first appearance in the comic book series Spectre, Volume 3, issue number 54, published by DC Comics way back in June of 1997. Born into a life of tragedy, Michael Holt overcame personal adversity to become one of the most brilliant minds in the DC Universe. After a successful career as an Olympic-level athlete and entrepreneur, Holt's life took another turn for the worse when he suffered a devastating personal loss. Seeking purpose, he immersed himself in the pursuit of knowledge and technological advancement. Driven by his insatiable thirst for intellectual growth, Holt adopted the moniker of Mr. Terrific and dedicated his life to using his genius intellect to make the world a better place. With his natural athleticism, photographic memory, and multiple PhDs, Mr. Terrific possesses an unparalleled mastery of science, engineering, and strategy. He is also known for his T-spheres, floating robotic devices that assist him in combat and provide him with various technological capabilities. Mr. Terrific believes in using his abilities and resources to fight for justice and equality, both in, in and out of costume. His unwavering determination combined with his exceptional intelligence and physical prowess make him a formidable force in the DC Universe and a vital member of teams like the Justice Society of America and the Justice League. And here's an interesting fact about Mr. Terrific. Did you know that Mr. Terrific has a direct yet opposite nemesis? It's true. Every great superhero needs an oppositional bad guy standing in the way. The dark and grim Batman has the bright and silly Joker. Alien Boy Scout Superman has nefarious yet very human Lex Luthor. For the high-achieving Mr. Fantastic, there is the forever-failing... Wait for it. Mr. Terrible. And the opposite of Mr. Terrific in every way, Mr. Terrible is as awful at being a supervillain as Holt is at being great a great superhero. He has a similar jacket and face mask as Mr. Terrific, but on his jacket, instead of fair play, it says foul play, because, you know, that's what makes you a criminal. In fact, Mr. Terrible is so bad at being a villain that it's not even confirmed that if, if Mr. Terrific is even aware that he has this villainous counterpart, counterpart is they have not interacted directly. And I'm calling it now. If James Gunn ever uses Mr. Terrific in the new live-action DCU movies, Ray Stekanis should be cast as Mr. Terrible. I like it. It just makes so much sense. It yeah, does. I said it. He'll work really cheap. And now you have I the will. facts in both opponents. Joey, do you have any questions before we get started? Um, yeah, so I, I do have a few questions. Um, uh, Ray, when you're considering the Punisher, are his divine powers part of the argument that you're making? No, I'm doing right. Punisher as we all know the Punisher. I, I, there, I, there's been some like talk of just like some sort of weird mental powers he got for a while. These divine powers only happened over a four-issue miniseries. I'm going to consider those to be sort of like outliers that don't really truly reflect who this character is. I'm sticking with, and there's 50 years and this guy's been used pretty much constantly for 50 straight years. There's plenty enough for me to work with here. I want this. I want to win with Punisher, but I want to win the right way with Punisher and I want to bring him represented correctly. Okay, great. And then uh, one more question for James. Does Mr. Terrific's jacket really say fair play on it? <laughs> It does, but he wears a really cool jacket. It's awesome. And by the way, he's the toughest guy in the world to ever be able. He's the guy who can say anything he wants in his jacket because he can pull it off. Yeah, just I was just, just a cute specific. All right, cool. Great. Those are all the questions that I've got. Round one. Fantastic. <laughs> Ray, go ahead and hit us for your point number one. Point number one for the Punisher. Let's talk about his general training as well as his fight IQ. Because uh, first thing to talk about the Punisher, he's achieved full military training. This is a guy who was like best of the best of the best when it comes to actual warfare. You know, Mr. Terrific might be good in the uh, the theoretical sphere, but the Punisher has actually been out there cracking skulls, uh, getting kills, and he brought all of that trauma back home with him. That's why when his family was killed, he just snapped and went nuts and turned into effectively a murderous serial killer. 
But he learned all that training while fighting, you know, for Uncle Sam in the wars. Uh, 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 God bless America. And not only was it that, it was Vietnam of all wars. It was guerrilla warfare that he learned to fight. So it was about hiding. It was about using the terrain to your advantage. It was about, you know, not getting gunned down by an unforeseen enemy and being aware at all times of your surroundings. That's the style of warfare that he was trained in. And it's worked very well for him in the superhero sphere as well, especially given that many times he doesn't know what the person he's about to be fighting brings to the table. He doesn't know if they are superheroes or if they're not, or if they're just regular mobsters or if they've got another gun hidden somewhere. He just is aware of all things at all times. What's what makes him great. He now, he also through this training knows how to use all manner of weapons, whether they be hand to hand ranged, what have you. His preference is an M 16, a three machine gun with an M203 grenade launcher underbarrel, which means that he has a high rate of fire and those bullets will tear people apart. He's not messing around this Punisher. Every shot tends to be a kill shot unless he's trying to send a message. He also has his side piece, which is his Derringer D32 pistol, and his Gerber MK2 knife. He's got a big old Bowie knife that he'll use in hand-to-hand situations as well. And he's an expert marksman. This is a guy who tends to hit what he shoots at. Why? Because he's phenomenally trained, keeps up his training, and is one of the best shots maybe in all of fiction. You know, you could argue like the bullseyes, you know, etc. of there, the dead shots of the world might be better shots, but he's only one par under that, you know? It's not superhuman is shooting, it's just phenomenal. This is a guy who's gotten hits on Spider-Man with his gun. Spider-Man knew he was there, knew he was being shot at, jumped and Spidey-sensed and flipped and flopped away, and Punisher still was able to tag him. And that's in an early appearance uh, with Spider-Man, back when they weren't necessarily getting shot by things all the time, right? So it was a pretty crazy moment when it happened. He also wears some degree of armor. Often he just wears his black and white gear as you know it to be. But he also has access to something called exo-armor. Now exo-armor was a special thing he used to enhance his Punisher's human strength to class 10. That is literally Hulk-level strength. It had arm and shoulder mounted cannons and a grapple gun that could allow him to scale buildings while he was wearing the suit. I'll admit he's only used the suit on a handful of occasions, but it at least exists. When it comes to bigger technologies, the Punisher is not afraid to use absolutely anything at his disposal in order to get the job done. And I want to talk about his durability too. Mr. Terrific is a fantastic athlete. I cannot believe no matter what James is about to say that he's dealt with the levels of physical trauma that the Punisher has dealt with over the last 50 almost years. Punisher's fallen off the roof of a building, broken ribs, gotten up, and kept on fighting. He's been stabbed. He's been shot. He's been tased. He's been blown up. But you notice he never really dies. He gets up. He he measures himself. He figures himself internally. uh, What's hurt? What's broken? How can I fight? Can I fight? Let's keep going then. Did I mention one time he got his hands on an Iron Man suit and that was an entire storyline? Again, he'll use whatever's at his disposal uh, to win by his fights. In one comic book I read... very recently, uh, Deadpool versus the Punisher, he fought a guy named Taskmaster. Taskmaster is a master you know, combatant physically, uh, hand-to-hand martial arts. He studies his opponents and fights exactly like them. Taskmaster had a lot of trouble fighting the Punisher, fighting Frank Castle. The reason he said out loud in the comic was Frank uses so many different fighting styles intertwined and then will suddenly throw in a technique or a move from a completely different fighting style to the point where Taskmaster can't see what's coming. He just 
just can't be aware of it. So all he ended up doing was saying, you know, you're fighting Deadpool. You're, you're beating him, but it's at least going pretty well for Deadpool. I'm just going to fight like Deadpool against you to try to break even because I know I'm not going to overcome you. This is a guy who could fight like literally anybody in the Marvel Universe, and he couldn't find a fighting style to do anything more than break even with Frank Castle. So if these two characters, Terrific and Punisher, getting close, Punisher has got this guy beat. And that's my point number one. Uh, I did this last week, too. I'm just going to say it right now. I hate what I'm about to do because I love the Punisher. I don't want to break him apart the way I can. So I'll make this as as painless as possible, Race to Canis. And, and by as painless, I mean it's going to be pretty painful. All right, listen. The reason why the Punisher does so well against so many people who are physically more powerful than him or maybe even have better technology is because he has prior notice. Like, he's, he's preparing. He's going to get the drop on them. He makes a decision to go after them or he understands the fight's about to happen. So he uses his knowledge, his research. He prepares for the fight. That's not something he's going to be able to do for this of this particular matchup. Remember, it's a random encounter. He has no idea it's about to happen. So he has no preparation for this. On top of that, for the most part, Punisher has conventional weaponry. Now, he knows how to use it like a master, and he's great with it. He's done amazing things with it, but it's still conventional weaponry that he has on him on any one time. Just putting that out there. In terms of exo armor or the war machine armor or whatever you want to call it, again, those are kind of one-offs. Not something he has on him at all times. Uh, even when he um, miniaturized the iron arm, the war machine armor, that's still not something he has on him as on a regular basis. That is going to be a big, big problem because I guess I'm like Mr. Trivet, who's got this great tech on him at all times. It's going to be a big advantage. All right. Um, he's durable. He fights above his weight class. I love that about the Punisher, not taking that away from him. So let me get to my point number one for Mr. Terrific. Let's talk about my point number one, the man, about the man behind the mask and see what the abilities are of Mr. Terrific. Look, you look at him, he's all about the tech and what have you, but there's so much more going on with this guy. It's an amazing character. So first of all, he's got a genius level in intellect. This is fun. Mr. Terrific is described as having a natural aptitude for having natural aptitudes. Evidently, he can pick up anything, any complicated skill and quickly retain it in instantly and know how to do it at a master level he has a talent you know he says he's, he's actually said it's saying everyone has a talent mine is learning which is really cool he's of course got what's called that eidetic memory where he can for, he remembers everything he's ever done and can recall it instantly all of his fighting experience uh ways to use tech everything he's ever read or researched it's instantly available to him his brain is just this mega data warehouse of useful information he's also a polymath so what is a polymath that's someone who's just got that mastery level of a wide-ranging knowledge of expertise in so many different fields of study. Remember, this is why he has 14 PhDs, two of which are in engineering, engineering physics. He's got stuff in criminal psychology, chemistry, political science, computer science, rocket science, mathematics, tech, you name it. This guy's got a PhD in it. He's a master of tactical analysis. You can't fight the Punisher without having that kind of ability. So this is someone who can play chess against two high-level opponents with his eyes closed while carrying on an analysis of something else on the side. This is why he often discusses strategies with Batman and they put strategies together. And every once in a while, Batman's like, yeah, you know what? Mr. Terrific, your strategy is better. Let's do that. He's also a self-made billionaire. I'm not sure why it's important. I think it's just kind of cool that he did it. He developed his own tech, sold chunks of it, and then just became a billionaire because that's what he wanted to do. He's also a master gymnast. That's on top of the fact he's an Olympic gold medal decathlete. 
This is an incredible athlete. Just putting that out there. Now, on top of all this, he is absolutely a peak human. So DC Comics officially lists Mr. Terrific's physical capabilities in all areas as the pinnacle of human conditioning. Why is this important? Listen, Punisher's great. Is he a peak, hum peak human in every area? No. And by the way, as someone who's played football forever, Ray Sicanis, former pro wrestler, me with the MMA stuff, listen, after a while, you're taking punishment galore, and the Punisher, as great as he is, thanks to that willpower, he's been punished physically a whole lot let's get back to mr terrific look he's got peak human strength peak human agility uh peak human reflexes he's known to be a very hard person to hit whether it's with a punch a physical attack bullets or even energy blasts that's without tech getting involved that's just trying to hit him with anything he's got peak human endurance actually he's developed musculature that somehow generates higher than peak level so it's slightly superhuman and that's because he's learned these new techniques through his understanding of human body anatomy whatever he knows how to push his body beyond peak human this is a crazy person listen on top of that he's mastered at least six different martial arts fighting styles and he's created his own fighting style that perfectly blends all of these together as a fighter this all translates into something really really cool because he often fights above his weight class as well he's got that in common with the punisher again we're talking about the person before any of that kind of tech gets involved, and that just takes him to a whole new level. All that together is my point number one. Interesting. I'm learning a lot about Mr. Terrific. You know, he's been a guy who's been suggested for a lot of matchups for a lot of years, and finally we decided to give him a run and see how he goes. Now, the thing is, he's he's book smart, right? He's got, a, as James said, he has a lot of PhDs. He's got, what, the engineering and the math. How is that going to possibly help you against a guy like the Punisher uh, in a kill or be killed environment? You can think about whatever theorems and algorithms you want to while you're getting shot in the face because Frank has street smarts. He's got battle IQ. When you actually put him in a fight, I trust Frank a lot more than I trust Mr. Terrific to find the win in the scenario and get the win and kill the guy and get out alive. You talked about he's a great chess player. Frank would just shoot the board. This is my entire point. He's not playing on the same set of rules as a Mr. Terrific. You know, I think of the Gordian knot, right? The one that could not be untied in any way. So how did you untie it? You cut it in half with a sword. That's Frank Castle. He has taken a lot of pain. He has taken a lot of hurt. But you notice it hasn't stopped him. This is a guy that no matter how many, how grizzled, how injured he gets, still finds a way to survive and get the job done. And he's fought physical specimens that were were way more impressive than Mr. Terrific. So I don't even know why you're bothering with the physicalities. The fact that Mr. Terrific has eidetic memory is bad news for him because unfortunately, if he survives, he's going to be a long time remembering what the barrel of Frank's gun looks like. Big words from Frank Castle, represented by Ray Stacanus. All right, Joey Clip, you've heard one point from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? So, um, yeah, I, I think that you've both painted a really great picture of these being really two very evenly matched competitors. Um, I just had a couple of uh, clarifying questions, uh, one for each of you, if that's okay. Uh, Absolutely. Question for James. Um, uh, you said earlier that Mr. Terrific is the um, third part smartest person or the third smartest entity in the DC universe. Do you know offhand who the number one and number two smartest are? I do. And that's according to this particular list, which I highly disagree with. So according to this list, and there's been a number of lists that list, you know, the top five greatest minds in DC Universe. Mr. Terrific has consistently been at number three, although number one and two change a lot. So at number one and two, and they switch back and forth, you've got Batman and Lex Luthor. Right, which I disagree with. I think there's other very, very intelligent people in the DC Universe. I do think he's, without a doubt, top three. I'd actually probably put him at number one uh, at the top of that list. 
What a shock. What a shock James, the week he reps a character, would suddenly say he's the smartest. Guess what? Batman is the smartest the week he reps Batman. Lex Luthor is the smartest the week he reps Lex Luthor. Don't believe the snake oil salesman. Uh, so, a uh, question for Ray. Um, you mentioned earlier that um, the Punisher has exo armor that gives him Hulk level strength. Um, two part question. What is his strength level without the exo armor? And also in this fight, does he have access to the exo armor? Uh, whether or not he has exo armor access purely is up to you as the judge. It is a thing he's had in a few different storylines. It is a thing that he could potentially have, but I would say uh, is not guaranteed. Uh, as far as his strength without the armor, uh, I would argue that it's very it's it's high level for a human. Uh, he knows how to use his strength that he has as well. If we're talking purely physical, I think Mr. Terrific's a little bit younger, uh, a little you know as far as it goes. So if, I would give Mr. Terrific the slight edge in overall strength, but I would give the Punisher the edge in how he uses his strength. Okay, awesome. Thank you the so much. The exo armor, by the way. The Exo Armor, by the way, was in, I believe, two issues of Marvel Comics. It was no, three sorry, issues uh, and two storylines, James. One issue, number James. four, June 1990 is when I think last time it was used. Uh, so, no, it's not something he has access to on a regular basis. Okay, great. I think that this is this has painted a really good picture for me going into round one. I uh, can't wait to see what point two is. Awesome. All right, Race to Canis. Uh, let's see what kind of nonsense you've got for your point number two. Point number two for the Punisher. Let's talk about his situational awareness. I made reference to it earlier, but when you get Frank in a battle, uh, even if he hasn't planned ahead of time for it, which if he's planned ahead of time for it, you're dead. You're not coming out of it, but you got a chance if he hasn't, although it's not a very good one because nobody improvises like the Punisher, right? Let's talk about some of the things he's done against some very, very powerful characters, right? One time he was fighting a group of mafia thugs in a zoo. One of the most famous Punisher moments of all time. He was he used the zoo as environmental attacks against the, the mafia to the point where he punched a polar bear to enrage it and then set it on the mafia thugs because he thought the polar bear was looking a little too docile. He punched it in one of the most amazing uh, images. And I love polar bears. Look, and I'll still take this moment. It's, it's crazy looking. Go find that picture if you've never seen it. He once... Uh, against Wolverine, he shot Wolverine in the face with a shotgun, revealing his adamantium skull. Then he shot him in, shall we call it, the no-no danger zone before running over Wolverine with a nearby steamroller and leaving the steamroller on top of him so he could escape. This is just what he does. Clean win against Wolverine. At one point, he fought a character called the Russian, who was a big, you know, very strong, probably even stronger than Mr. Terrific kind of character who was throwing him around his own apartment uh, in, in, a, in a battle he did not know was about to happen. What did he do? He found a very overweight neighbor, used that neighbor to put on top of the Russian, smothering him uh, basically to death. He smothered a man with another large man. Crazy use of the environment around him to get the win. But his, his shooting, he once shot off Spider-Man's web shooters. He had enough vision while he was in the middle of fighting the super fast character of Spider-Man that he actually pinpoint accuracy shot both web shooters to take that victory or take that mode of attack away from Spider-Man. Figured that out in the moment, made it happen. This is a guy who blocked Captain America's shield, right? That's a big deal if you get that thrown at you. He just blocked it with his gun and then knocked it away. 
He had the presence of mind, foresight, and physical ability to do that. He, in a battle against Deadpool, in the Deadpool versus the Punisher comic I read recently, he brought a duffel bag of Deadpool masks because he figured out if he shot Deadpool in the head, he would lose the last X amount of hours of memories that were starred, stored in his uh, prefrontal cortex, right? So he just kept shooting him in the head, putting a new clean mask on him, and then going on and not, and Deadpool had no idea what was happening and continued to work with the Punisher. Kind of a great moment. I just bring it up because he repeatedly defeated Deadpool, a very powerful character in his own right, again and again and again in that same comic. He teamed up once in uh, a team up with Doctor Strange. Great comic. Uh, Doctor Strange was very weakened at this point, couldn't really cast any spells, but they had to fight their way through magical monsters in an unknown dimension using uh, Doctor Strange who couldn't use magic and the Punisher just being the Punisher, they were able to fight their way through and save the city from giant uh, monsters of magic. This is a guy who's cool under pressure. You put him in any situation, he's not afraid to die. All he's thinking about is how can I get the win? Can you say the same about Mr. Terrific under duress? I don't know if you could because the Punisher is a guy who in the Secret Wars comic book walked into a bar that was known to have villains in it like the Sandman, uh, and others. And he just walked in the door and said, gentlemen, they say that when you die, you can't take it with you, which begs the question, exactly what am I going to do with all these bullets <laughs> and proceeded to open fire on this bar of people who could all kill him. This man does not care. He knows that when he has the advantage, he knows how to press it and he can get the win. This is a guy who was able to get Winter Soldier Bucky Barnes to submit when he just wrestled him a little bit extra, remember, strong metallic arm, and then put a gun up under his chin and made Bucky back down. I see Mr. Terrific going down in a very similar way. Might not have to kill him, but definitely he's getting a gun in the face and forced to tap out. And that's my point number two. All right. Uh, there's one victory or one, one, one loss that the Punisher had. I'm not really happy about this, but race to Canis, you're doing a great job repping the Punisher, so I have no choice to do this. And one great moment that the Punisher had uh, really showcasing his situational awareness, he was taken out by um, the Shocker, who was driving a car and just hit the Punisher from behind while he was driving a car, got out of the car and then blasted him with electricity for some reason that came out of the Shocker's gauntlets, taking out the Punisher 100%. As great as the Punisher is, he is. I know, that's that's what I'm trying to say. It's kind of ridiculous. I thought there were vibration powers, whatever. Whatever, the writers can do what they want. It's just one of those examples of, I get it, it's whoever's writing the the, the storyline. It's just one of those examples that, that kind of showcase that the Punisher, amongst many things, he relies on his own ability to kind of you know, be forewarned, his instincts or what have you, but he operates within himself for the most part. He doesn't have something outside of himself to help him enhance his natural or developed abilities, which I really think he should have, that oddly enough, Mr. Terrific has. On top of that, you know, speaking about under pressure, look, the Punisher's great under pressure. So is Mr. Terrific. In a recent comic book line, comic storyline, I should say, Mr. Terrific helped to save the DC multiverse when all was seemingly lost. He came up with a plan to figure out how to pull, uh, you know, victory from 
you know, seconds of everything absolutely being destroyed. This is someone who operates very, very well under pressure, especially when the takes are the stakes are that insanely high. But now let's get to my point number two, because here's the deal. For my point number two, let's talk about Mr. Terrific's tech. Now, his main tech associated with him, whenever you see him in comic books or TV, are these T-spheres, which are the floating metallic spheres that go wherever he is. And what's interesting about these T-spheres is that they are telepathically linked to Mr. Terrific. So all he has to do is think, and they go into action. First of all, they're great at surveillance. I mentioned that before. The T-spheres can be used to monitor areas for activity, track individuals. He can use them to keep tabs on villains. He can find opponents who are trying to stay hidden or lay a trap. These things fly everywhere around him and can go the distance and actually act, even act on their own. On top of that, they got crazy offensive and defensive capabilities. The spheres can become weapons. The, the T-spheres themselves can act as like mini cannonballs and actually smashed into people, taking people out, you know, headshots, whatever, and then being absolutely fine. They're insanely durable. And it can be also used to deflect attacks. On top of that, they're capable of creating holographic images, which can be used for anything, like Mr. Trivik's trying to send a communication somewhere, or he's trying to create a distraction. Now, these holographs are so, are so, so good that they actually fooled another super genius in DC Universe, Ultra hum Humanite, who's actually made holograms and holographs on his own, and they actually fooled him. That's how good the holographs are from these T-spheres. On top of that, they can provide flight and transportation. They can actually provide this field of flight for Mr. Terrific so he can actually fly and go really, really quickly. He can make it from one end of the city within minutes. So it's not super, super speed, but it is much faster than he can fly, which gives him a really cool way to defend himself by going airborne or to attack from that direction as well. They also provide crazy scanning and analysis. They can scan environments, individuals, objects, then bring back detailed data to Mr. Terrific. Look, he's going to understand very quickly what the Punisher has on him and what he doesn't have. They can also give medical assistance and they can provide a somewhat of a healing thing. It's not like a healing factor but if he gets hurt or something like that they can provide somehow some medical assistance to him. I don't think this is a huge factor. I don't think it's going to like help him you know regrow an arm or anything like that but if you know he needs something uh, you know to patch him up I think they can do it. They can also hack any technology around him. This is something Mr. Terrific does all the time and he does it at an unparalleled level. Finally, they can also do energy projection. So this thing, these, the T-spheres can blast any type of laser you can think of, uh, different types of electrical energy. I think they have something like 16 terajoules, which is, you know, I think about a quarter of a nuclear bomb's worth of electrical energy they can project. These things are crazy. They're strong enough to take out Superman-class opponents. That's a fact. In fact, you can order the T-spheres to work together to create laser grids to cover a super wide area to take out someone in case they're staying, you know, in hiding or they're trying trying to use stealth mode, whatever it is, they're that good. Let's see, they can also create super powerful force fields, and then they can create a personal shield around Mr. Terrific, which he often uses right away. He uses shields as an encapsulation. He can actually create a force field around one of his opponents and just trap him right there. And also, they give him environmental protection. Let's see if he's in space, underwater, whatever. He'll create a force field. He can still breathe and all that. He's good to go. On top of all of that, the T-Spheres are immediately ready to protect and defend Mr. Terrific the same way Green Lantern's power ring does for him. So here's the deal. If all of a sudden attack, a gun shot, whatever it is, comes down to Mr. Terrific and he himself consciously doesn't see it or analyze it, the shields come up right away by the T-Spheres. So he's got that automatic protection. And the final, final point of all this is the T-Spheres also operate with an insanely advanced artificial intelligence. Now listen, I get AI has been getting a bad name lately, but this is the AI you want on your team. There's typically 10 spheres, 10 of these spheres that Mr. Terrific has with them at any one time. And that's the cool part. Now, listen, you look at his face, he's got the letter T right there. That's his T mask. 
The cool thing about the T-Mask is that any type of technology that's trying to find someone, infrared, whatever, scanners, he becomes completely invisible to technology and technology that tries to detect him. This is someone who's prepared himself for these types of battles. He's got the tech that gives him so many abilities and powers, it's crazy. That's my point number two. Okay, yeah. I mean, look, the, the, I was waiting for the spheres. We got to the spheres, and that's fine. But first off, I want to talk about that shocker example. Look, if the fact that you said the shocker ran over the Punisher with a car, then got out and shot him with electricity, already tells me the writers of that story had no idea what they were talking about. His powers are the powers of vibration, not electricity. That's like having Electro show up and then shoot somebody with, you know, a uh, uh, fire. It just doesn't make any sense. And in 50 years of comics, the fact that that was the worst loss you could come up with in a bad written situation, not worried about it. And I've seen the thing with the, the balls that float around you and then heal you. It sounds like you're talking about like World of Warcraft or some kind of a, a video game or some sort of, you know, thing outside your power is just generally healing you. But the Punisher doesn't work like that. The Punisher walks in the door, kicks you in the face, calls you names, and then shoots you. You know, as far as hacking tech goes, that works against a heck of a lot of good uh, opponents. But Frank isn't one of them. Frank is pure analog. This is a guy who will stab you with a knife. And remembering the story of Iron Man. Iron Man tried to come after the Punisher after the Punisher stole one of his super suits. Well, Punisher rigged that super suit to explode, and then uh, Iron Man later tracked Frank to a building. Frank wasn't in that building. He caused the building to explode, and it ended up getting to the point where Iron Man had to call literally the entirety of the Avengers to show up to apprehend Frank Castle and get him to stop. All the Avengers is what it took. Not one Mr. Terrific, all the Avengers. Interesting stuff. Okay, so our judge, Joey Clift, has heard two points, which means we're at the turning point where after hearing two points from both of us, Joey Clift gets to tell us who's ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what Joey has to say, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today we have a brand new patron to the Patreon uh, stuff. Patreon.com slash Who Would Win Show. We've got Brad Pinder, a.k.a. Brad from Canada. All right, listen, a fellow Canadian's coming on the uh, Turning Point Battle. Let's have Brad go up against someone so unpredictable, so crazy, that, uh, yeah, only a Canadian can take him on. Let's have Brad go up against the mascot of Lucky Charm Cereal, Lucky the Leprechaun. Oh, boy. Okay, well, here's the deal. Lucky is, of course, a very problematic mascot for a delicious cereal. So I'm kind of torn when it comes to the character because on one hand, uh, you know, he's making a mockery of the Irish who have worked so hard to build this country. On the other hand, marshmallow balloons and stars and horseshoes are delicious. Point being, Lucky the Leprechaun and Brad Pinder show up in a neutral location. And Lucky says, you can't take me, Lucky Charms, and then bounds away over a field across a magic rainbow. And Brad, just using his normal human stuff, he chases after him. And he runs and he runs and he runs. And finally, Lucky the Leprechaun stops. He's out of breath. It turns out his durability, uh, his ability to keep fighting, his endurance is actually not very good, despite the fact that he is small and quick and made of magic. Brad Pinder says, kids are always after your lucky charms. And Lucky's like, uh-huh. And Brad's like, but it's an adult who will take them. And he grabs the pot of Lucky Charms, grabs the bowl away from him, gives a 300 kick to Lucky the Leprechaun, and scampers away to enjoy a perfectly balanced breakfast. Brad Pinder, you're our winner, and that's our patron of the week. 
Doing Canadians proud. Well done, Brad Pinder. Now, remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Now back to the turning point. Joy, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? So um, really quick, just about the previous battle. I have to say, what did what did uh, the leprechaun ever do to Brad Pinder? Why is that fight happening? I'm just kidding. Right? He, he, he was it. hoarding yeah. delicious cereal, Joey. You can't hoard delicious cereal in a Patreon battle. Okay, that's completely fair. And Brad, thank you so much for taking out Lucky the Leprechaun. He's been the scourge of this country for a very long time. Thank you. Um, so, Decades. Uh, uh, so, uh, like I said earlier, both of you have made some very, very great points about why um, the Punisher would win this battle and why Mr. Terrific would win this battle. You know, I think that, uh, Ray, you've made a lot of really good points about, um, you know, the Punisher's just like flat out great fighting ability. The fact that he's, um, you know, incredible in guerrilla warfare, which traditionally guerrilla warfare, you're great in guerrilla warfare if you're like a master of your environment, but he's also just fantastic at improvising. So him being in a new environment or an old environment that he knows is kind of neither here nor there. He, he'd be a very fantastic fighter in either situation. Um, uh, James, you've brought up a lot of really good points about Mr. Terrific's, you know, intelligence. I think that putting him as being number three next to Batman and Lex Luthor being one and two, you know, regardless of where they are in the one through three list, you're still, you're at least telling me that Mr. Terrific is like a Batman level IQ. He's at least in the playing field for, you know, a Batman or a Lex Luthor, you know, also his, um, you know, amazing level of just, you know, intelligence, allowing him to create really great technology. And, you know, him being such a master athlete. Um, Ray, I think that you brought up a lot of really good points about, you know, as smart as Mr. Terrific is, the Punisher fights dirty. And, like, there is definitely something to be said about, you know, the Punisher is uh, not necessarily going to be a guy that's going to obey by every rule of combat. He's just going to, like, stab you in the throat before you do anything. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think that there is something to be said about um, Mr. Terrific probably being the better, the better, uh, I would say, like pure fighter in the terms of like, you know, classically trained combat, but the Punisher being the dirtiest fighter. And I think that that is going to be ultimately the conversation that we have, um, you know, after round three, which is, um, does the puni does, uh, the Punisher's dirty fighting make him a better fighter than Mr. Terrific's just like, you know, classically trained, amazing fighting. It's sort of, um, in pro wrestling terms, I believe there was a, a conversation. It's going to be kind of maybe a deep cut of, um, whether Terry Funk could beat Ric Flair in a fight. Terry Funk is a classic 1970s wrestler who was the, an amazing wrestler when it comes to like Texas death match, matches and um, no DQ matches. Ric Flair, one of the best wrestlers of all time in just terms of just like his technical ability as a wrestler. And, you know, nine times out of 10, Ric Flair could beat Terry Funk. But that one time, if it was a no DQ match or a Texas death match, Terry Funk would take that match. So I think that that, to me, is a very similar conversation to be had with this, the Punisher versus Mr. Terrific fight. Interesting. Interesting. This is why I like having you on the show, because I had never thought of it that way clearly. And that's exactly what this is. That's exactly what this is. And that, that scenario you just presented, I think Ric Flair would definitely win that match. But after the match, you know, Funk's going back, having some whiskey, and then coming back just fine the next night. And Ric Flair's going to be like, I need a few weeks to recover from this win. So I, I get where you're coming from. It's actually quite brilliant. Okay, Ray, this is anyone's match right now. Let's see what happens. Hit us with your point number three. Point number three for the Punisher. First up, I want to say I loved that example of Ric Flair versus Terry Funk. Ric Flair, famously 16-time world champion, Terry Funk only achieved that 
three times, and one of them was a Lifetime Achievement Award. Didn't even win it in the ring. So if we're looking at who would be more likely to win, who would win, let's face it, Ric Flair would win that battle, just like the Punisher would win today. But let's talk about some of the characters and some of the amazing things the Punisher has done, because I don't think Mr. Terrific has a resume like this. The Punisher fought against Electro, who's known as one of the most uh, electrifying, dare I say, uh, assassins in the entire world. At the time, she was working as Kingpin's bodyguard. He defeated her in close combat, this well-trained ninja assassin, shot her repeatedly, taking off multiple fingers and shooting her in the eye. Electra, he was able to pull that off against. Wolverine, I previously mentioned the win that he got against Wolverine with the steamroller. Wolverine came for revenge. What did the Punisher do? He shot a rocket launcher to the torso, hitting Wolverine with a missile, and then he used his environment. In this case, it was the Hulk, and got the Hulk to beat him up afterwards after he was missing his insidey places. This is a guy who took down Daredevil with a sonic attack, then tied a gun to his hand, and then played chicken telling him both in the TV show and comic books, I'm going to snipe these criminals. Feel free to shoot me in the head to stop me because I know you won't. And he was right. Deadpool. Deadpool is an extremely powerful character, has the healing factor and all of the above. And Frank beats him more times than not. My favorite time that he beat Deadpool in a fight, he cut him into pieces, horrifying, put them in vibranium jars so he couldn't regenerate. That's mean. That's a jerk move. Punisher did it. Hey, how about this one? Killed Nick Fury after he was brainwashed into thinking that Nick Fury was involved, I believe, in like killing his family or something else terrible. He killed actual Nick Fury in the comic books. They, in fact, they had to retcon it years later saying, oh, it was a, it was a robot. It wasn't really Nick Fury because they didn't want Nick Fury dead, but they wanted the Punisher to have a win over Nick Fury. That's how it goes. How about a win over someone of the cosmic power level? How about Ghost Rider? He took the pennant stare from Ghost Rider like a man, and he was able to take it no problem because he has no regrets over any of the bad guys that he has killed. And then he used Ghost Rider's own chains against him to get the victory against cosmic-powered Ghost Rider. He once captured Bruce Banner, the scientist, fed him explosives, then put him in a, uh, in a thing against Wolverine, Spider-Man, and Daredevil, who were all coming after the Punisher. He then shot, uh, shot like a missile or something at Bruce Banner, uh, blowing him up, taking out all three of those heroes, and it, Bruce Banner was fine, and they all survived, but he made his point. In a what-if story about vampires, a vamp vampire Wolverine happened. Crazy story. And Punisher showed up as a vampire hunter and killed... As vampires, Cyclops, Storm, Omega Level Mutant, Colossus, Nightcrawler, and Shadowcat murdered all of them, not just as normal, when they were vampires. That is an outrageous accomplishment. In crossovers, oh, by the way, Punisher has a win over Batman. It was the Asriel version of Batman, but that's still a win over Batman. Used his own gas bomb to KO him. Used his own weapons against him. I think he would use Mr. Terrific's own spheres against him by shoving one up in under his jacket and finding a way to cause it to explode. He's got a win over Red Hulk. These are top 
power level characters. He'd had to use Hulkbuster armor for that one, but he got a win uh, outside the armor nonetheless. This is a guy who outsmarted the Sentry, who's Marvel's godlike, almost Dr. Manhattan type character. He outsmarted him and got him to go a place he didn't want to go to get his goals done. The point is he tricked Sentry, who shouldn't be tricked by a guy like the Punisher, but he did. And another crossover. I love the crossovers. He pulled a gun on the Joker and made him stop laughing. The Joker looked at him and said, oh, you're serious. You're actually going to shoot me right now. I don't know what to do. And the laughter stopped. He held Archie from Archie Comics at gunpoint once. And to cap it all off, he killed the entire Marvel Universe twice. He did it in two separate storylines. He killed Cyclops, Hawkeye, and Jubilee as fodder to start. Later went on to kill Spider-Man, Venom, Human Torch, Kingpin, Doctor Doom, Captain America, even murdered human Bruce Banner. Two different storylines, two different fun takes. Frank Castle has killed everyone in the Marvel Universe. What has Mr. Terrific actually done? And that's my point number three. Using crossovers against the crossover king, how dare you, Ray Sicanus? All right, listen. In terms of dirty fighting, Mr. Terrific actually has wins over the dirtiest fighters in the game in DC Comics, one of them being a character named Wildcat, who is quite possibly one of the greatest fighters, one of Batman's instructors, an old former pro wrestler and ultimate fighter back in the day, and while and Mr. Terrific actually beat him in a fight. So this is just to talk about taking on someone who uses dirty tactics, dirty tricks to do anything he needs to do to win. Mr. Terrific has a win over that ultimate character in the DC universe. Now, in terms of the sonic attacks on Daredevil, using Bruce Banner against Wolverine, cutting Deadpool into pieces and putting him into vibranium charges, jars, I should say, here's the thing. All those have in common the fact that Dared a Punisher, I should say, had advanced knowledge of the opponents he was taking on and time to prepare, to prepare and time to set up these scenarios and these traps and these really cool ways of doing it. But again, this is a random encounter. He doesn't know what Mr. Terrific can or can't do, will or won't do, and what have you. That's the fun part. Now, let me get to my point number three, where everything gets very, very clear. And my point number three, let's talk about some big accomplishments and the transitive properties of battles used the right way with crossovers. Now, speaking of crazy opponents and beating them, remember, Mr. Terrific is someone who easily beat the Joker. Just absolutely took him out. Didn't have to put a gun to his head. Just be like, got it. I know what the Joker's about. Done. Beaten. Take him out. Put him in a force field. He's trapped. Good to go. Let's move on. Look, this is someone who's tanked super speed punches from the Jay Garrick version of the Flash using his force fields. He's even tanked an explosion of an nth metal bomb, the magical metal from Hawkman's world that was formed into a bomb, took out a city block, whatever, and he just tanked it with his force field. He's fine. Now, a really fun match. Mr. Terrific beat Captain Nazi, and it wasn't just kind of fun. Listen, I'm not a fan of Nazis at all, clearly. This is an original villain from the original days that Shazam was a comic book character back in World War II, and Captain Nazi was developed by the Nazi party. Hitler was like, make this thing a character so he can take on the superpower beings from the West, and he had almost all of Superman's powers. He was a Superman-level opponent and really beat the hell out of Shazam on a number of occasions. So fast forward to today, he's released in the DC Universe. He's destroyed destroying people, taking people out. He's like, are there no worthy opponents? And all of a sudden, Mr. Terrific steps up and says, hey, I'm your Huckleberry, and takes him out. And the way he takes him out is he avoids getting hit with his super speed that Captain Nazi has, and then uses his T-spheres to hit him with that electrical energy that took him out completely. Again, that's electrical energy. Took out Frank Castle. It also took out Captain Nazi, which I love seeing. 
and who is a Superman level being in terms of power. Now, here's the thing. Mr. Terrific has a real rivalry with a certain DC Comics superhero, and the rivalry goes beyond who is smarter. No, Mr. Terrific's rival pushes him to achieve bigger and better things, and they get into it all the time. And Mr. Terrific does the same thing for him. And this rival has an actual win over the Punisher. So just who is this rival Mr. Tr- of Mr. Terrific's? Why, it's Bruce Wayne. That's right, it's Batman. And yeah, Batman has a win over the Punisher. Now, here's the deal. In another crossover event, this one takes place after where Azrael and the the Punisher kind of go head to head. The Punisher's trying to kill the Joker. Batman steps in and says, you got to back off. Punisher's like, really? And starts to fight Batman. Really bad call. Batman takes the shot and says, I'll give you one because you're frustrated, but back off now because it's going to get bad for you. He takes a swing at Batman, and Batman just launches him through a wall. James Gabsy style. It's so cool. I love doing it to people who deserve it. And Batman did the same thing to Punisher. Punisher's on the ground, looks up at Batman, who's giving him that look, the same look Mr. Terrific gives to people. And the Punisher says, fine, you can have the Joker. I'm out of here. And he leaves saying how much he hates Gotham City. The Punisher, very tough guy, the whole thing, couldn't take Gotham City because it was too much for him with Batman being there. That's a rival to Mr. Terrific. And they go at it all the time. All right. Now, here's the deal. Here's how I see this battle going down. They're going to face off. And without hesitation, the Punisher unleashes a barrage of bullets towards Mr. Terrific. Now, Frank Castle, he's using his battlefield experience to create a distraction, sets off an explosion that also fills the air with a bright flash, deafening sounds, smoke, the whole thing. Punisher at his finest. With Mr. Terrific distracted by the sensory overload, Punisher takes advantage of the chaos, swiftly and solidly moves to flank his unsuspecting opponent and seeing his opponent really in pain from the explosion, the Punisher takes aim with his high-powered assault rifle, pulls the trigger, and unleashes absolute hell in Mr. Terrific's direction. But for some reason, the bullets go through Mr. Terrific's body harmlessly as it was only a holographic projection. The holographic version of Mr. Terrific looks at the Punisher, smiles, points upwards. The Punisher looks up and sees a series of strange-looking floating spears with letter T on them. And that's when he gets hit by a massively painful sound wave, a sound wave or frequency disorienting the human, something it can do. And then he gets hit by electricity and it lasers the whole thing. And the Punisher, this combat veteran, shakes off you know everything that's coming at him and is still trying to fight, but he's off balance. He's not the same as he was when he came to the battle. And now Mr. Trivik sees this advantage he has and he creates a force field, a containment type force field around the Punisher effectively trapping him. Despite his extensive combat training and lethal arsenal, the Punisher finds himself entirely powerless against an adversary who couldn't t- he couldn't touch but could attack him from a safe distance. That's what Mr. Trivik does. The victor wasn't determined by brute force, crazy fighting ability or firepower, but a seamless blend of intellect, strategy, and advanced tech. That's why the Punisher loses. That's why Mr. Terrific wins. That's my point number three. I mean, look, I haven't seen a reach like that since Sam Bowie and the Portland Trailblazers in the 1984 NBA draft. Now, famously, Mr. Terrific wears a fair play uh, logo on his jacket. We've talked about it. And that's his undoing in this battle. Fair play. I don't think so with the Punisher. The Punisher is all about misdirection. It's about making you think that you're smarter than him. And then suddenly there's C4 strapped to your ankle that you didn't see there. You got a win over Wildcat. Oh, that's fantastic, James. I got wins over Dr. Doom and Asriel's Batman. I'm glad your guy took out Wildcat. Your guy uh, uh, Mr. Terrific, who often fights with a team, f- fights with the Justice Society, is is uh, recruited by Batman to fight Omac, right? So when he sees a Punisher, he's liable to think he's like Batman, won't kill. That's going to bite him in the butt very, very quickly, one bullet later. And you talk about, oh, you take all these Punisher crossovers that he wins. James, this battle is a crossover. 
What are you even talking about right now? And what advanced knowledge do you need versus Mr. Terrific to beat him? Frank has seen the movie Phantasm. He knows what's about to be coming. Frank doesn't fight like the way that Mr. Terrific is used to. All these terrific things you said, pardon the pun, were all things that he saw coming uh, at him. Frank doesn't fight like that. Like I said, he's going to make you look right and then blow you up to the left. How do most Punisher comics end? With a blam to the face and Punisher shooting the gun. So at the end of all of this, he, Punisher's going to shoot each and every one of these little spheres out of the air. He knows that they're not to be messed with, even if he doesn't know what they are. Boom, 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 boom. Great accuracy. Shoot them all down. And then he's just going to rock on Mr. Terrific. They're going to jostle back and forth. He's going to take a step backwards where it's revealed that Frank has strapped C4 to one of those spheres and put it up the back of the jack that says fair play of Mr. Terrific and he's blowing up. Obviously, the Punisher is too street smart to lose this battle. AI would not detect uh, the, okay, that's interesting. Alright, here's the deal. Joey, you know, possibly the greatest judge we've ever had on this show. You've heard three points from both Ray and myself. It's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us the story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between the Punisher and Mr. Terrific. So I have to say, this truly is a battle of two equally matched titans. You both made some really incredible points. And, you know, I really feel like this is going to be a close fight. Um, and James, thanks so much for, you know, painting a good picture of how you see the fight is going. That's a little bit different than how I picture it going. But I still appreciate, you know, the, uh, the, the effort to kind of um, uh, show me a world where Mr. Terrific wins this fight. Um, I think that this is a fight that, uh, to what I believe that Ray said earlier, starts in let's say like a large uh large bank area in a big city uh the punisher has showed up he's like blown away um you know a bank robber you know done something super violent the bank robber's brains are brains are splattered all over the wall mr terrific is nearby he hears this gunshot hears people screaming sees people running out of the bank he runs in with his mr terrific you know t-mask on sees the punisher they face off um let's say probably about uh you know a basketball court's length away from each other to uh what ray said i believe that um i'm going with the loadout that you pitched earlier which is the punisher has a pistol an m16 machine gun grade launcher and a knife and mr terrific i'm gonna say uh, to james's point has 10 of his t-spheres so i think that punisher sees mr terrific sees that he's got his mask so he deduces that he's some type of superhero you know, sees his T-spheres, definitely deduces that he has, you know, some kind of abilities and he might be some kind of a threat. And I think that Mr. Terrific sees that the Punisher is a maniac with guns <laughs> and deduces that he's also a threat. So I think that, um, you know, to uh, Ray's point and to James's point, immediately the Punisher just starts firing, firing bullets. I think that Mr. Terrific dodges a few of the bullets. I think that some of them are near misses with the help of his T-spheres. But I do think that, let's say, five of his T-spheres get just eradicated with bullets from the Punisher's, um, you know, uh, bullet barrage. Once five of his T-spheres are taken out, Mr. Terrific, you know, understands what's happening, acknowledges the threat, and begins to use his T-spheres to deflect the bullets and, you know, melt them in midair using, um, you know, their electric abilities. Punisher sees this, realizes that he probably doesn't have much of a chance, you know, in distance combat because these T-spheres are just kind of nullifying what's happening. So I think the Punisher um, rushes in for, you know, hand-to-hand -hand combat. They can do a nice hand-to-hand -hand exchange. The Punisher lands some blows. Mr. Terrific lands some blows. They both dodge some blows. I think that when it comes to hand-to-hand, -hand, you know, Mr. Terrific maybe has the, the slightest edge in terms of his, um, you know, classical training ability. In addition to that, slightly over superhuman strength. I think that the um, decision-maker in that barrage 
is while this is happening, Punisher pulls out his secret knife and then just does a slash right at Mr. Terrific, which I think Mr. Terrific sees the glint of the knife right as the Punisher goes for it. So it gets him right in the shoulder and, um, you know, causes a, you know, a nice gusher, but it doesn't quite like, uh, it doesn't like remove Mr. Terrific's arm or something like that. It's enough to like feel like, oh, you for sure got me on that one. Mr. Terrific backs up three of his T-spheres immediately using his AI, his uh, mental connection with them does an electrical bolt on the Punisher because it's five T-spheres and not 10 T-spheres. I think it electrocutes the Punisher enough for him to drop his knife, not enough to fully dispatch him. And then I think the two T-spheres jump in and um, quickly repair the um, shoulder injury that the um, knife wound from the Punisher caused on Mr. Terrific. While Mr. Terrific is being repaired by his T-spheres, he looks around. The Punisher is nowhere to be seen. He is very curious about what's happening until he hears a very loud metallic whirring sound and then mist and then the punisher in his exo armor explodes through a bank wall and faces off with mr terrific as we mentioned the um, exo armor is basically like a mech suit for the punisher which gives him like you said um you know hope level strength within the abilities of his exo armor mr terrific sees this the punisher through his um electronic view screen that allows him to see what's happening in the fight sees the fair play logo on Mr. Terrific's jersey, smiles knowing that he's got this fight, and then his screen goes black. Mr. Terrific is completely invisible to technology. Immediately what happens, Mr. Terrific acknowledges that the exo armor is a work of technology, and because he can hack any technology, he uses his T-spheres to immediately hack the exo armor and put it into lockdown mode and blow off the arms of it. Then Mr. Terrific seeing what's happening and understanding the rules of this fight leaves it in lockdown for two minutes. And because the Punisher has been dispatched and held out for two minutes, Mr. Terrific wins the fight based on a, a two minute timeout of the Punisher being unable to compete. Um, and the Punisher having human level strength and being in a device with Hulk level strength cannot use his human strength to escape the exo armor. So he's stuck for two minutes. And then presumably after the fight, you know, the Punisher probably is Really not happy about it and maybe shoots at Mr. Terrific a bunch and then runs off. But I think that Mr. Terrific, in a very close fight, a very intense fight that he is not undamaged from, comes out the winner. So I'm giving it to James. And there you have it. Now, part of me feels horrible because I love the Punisher, but the vast, much bigger part of me loves the fact that Mr. Terrific got the win because I love Mr. Terrific as a character, but really because I was so highly entertained by this crazy matchup, this crazy process and storytelling that Joey Cliff did yet once again. Listen, the last time we were on the show, you blew it out of the water with how great your description of the battle was, and you outdid it today. That was worth the price of admission right there what a great decision i deserve this victory after the show i'm doing a victory lap around my whole neighborhood because you know this is what you do this is one of the greatest days ever race to canis you did a great job with the punisher how tell the legion of audience how you're feeling right now there went any chance you had at judge of the year going forward two times you've been on the show two times you've gone with james this the first time i could see the second time, not even a little bit. James argued profusely for two different points against the Exo Armor even being allowed in the fight, and you used it against me, despite the fact that James had effectively taken it off the table. That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Yes, if he had tried to use the Exo Suit, which James argues correctly that he hasn't used in almost 25 years of comics, 
I think this is a sketchy decision at best. I have to wonder what's going on behind the scenes. I don't like accusing underhanded tactics, but when James argues a character whose motto is fair play, I know the reality is anything but. So, Ray, you're saying you're not happy with this decision. I do not think this decision is even close to accurate. I've beaten Batman. You've beaten Wildcat. What are we talking about? So, um, uh, I, Ray, I completely understand what you're saying. Though I must say, uh, as the judge, I have the final de decision in this matter. And if I hear one more, one more outburst from you, you're going to you're going into the the the, the dimension jail that a General Zod is and Superman too. But um, to my defense, um, I, I completely understand what you're saying about the exo armor. In a world where you know, let's say he's using C4 instead of exo armor, like what you mentioned is a potential there. I think that Mr. Terrific would see the C4. And because he has the ability to hack any electronics, C4, it's not like a bomb where you light a fuse. It's an electronic thing with circuit boards and fuses. So I think that he would be able to use one of his T-Series to even hack that C4. So um, like, I, I, think that, I think that in a fight where the Punisher had advanced warning and knew all of Mr. Terrific's abilities and had knowledge of the T-Spheres, he would for sure have that fight. I definitely agree with you on that standpoint. But I think that in a fight where they don't necessarily know each other's abilities, also, I think that this was this to me was a key question earlier was the the question of like, are they locking eyes before fighting? If the Punisher is hunting Mr. Terrific, the Punisher has this in the bag. If they are able to track each other from the get go, I think that Mr. Terrific has the edge because he's, he's able to follow and track him with his photographic memory and things like that. So, you know, I think that this is like I said, this is a fight that could have, you know, like I said earlier, if Ric Flair wrestled Terry Funk. Ric Flair would take that match nine times out of 10. But if the situation was just right, Terry Funk would take that match. And I think that this is a situation where it being an equal footing match where they don't necessarily have advanced learning on each other lends slightly toward Mr. Terrific. So I'm definitely, um, you know, like I am I'm, I'm sticking with my decision. And this gave me that sweet, sweet rush of who would win judging that I've been jonesing for. I'm back to being an addict, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Best kind of addiction out there. All right, listen. We had Joey Cliff come back on and bring his brilliance yet again to the Who Would Win show. Already in contention for Judge of the Year after He's today's great. performance. Yeah, I'm predicting it already. Now, listen, Joey, please come back, you know, despite the addiction type of problems that come with being on the show. Please come back on the show whenever you have a chance. Everyone loves having you on. I can't wait to see what the Legion of Audience has to say about that. In the meantime, tell our fan base, Legion of Audience, where they can find you online. Thanks so much for having me. Um, you can find me on Twitter, uh, TikTok, and Blue Sky at Joeytainment. And you can find me on Instagram at Joey Clift with like five or six eyes. The reason for that is a 12-year-old took Joey Clift with one eye, so I just had to deal. And if you want to check out Spirit Rangers Season 2, you can watch that on Netflix. And my Comedy Central, and my Comedy Central digital series, Gone Native, you can see on all of Comedy Central's social platforms. Or you can check out all the episodes at GoneNative.tv. And thanks so much for having me. And uh, Legion of Audience, you're great. Thanks for having me back. Fantastic. I love it. All right, Ray Sicanis, another close matchup. Came down to the wire. You did a great job today. You should be very proud of yourself. Tell the Legion of Audience where they can find you. I came into this battle thinking that I had about a 90% chance to win despite the fact it was a 50-50 battle. Much like the Ric Flair versus Terry Funk situation said earlier, and we had the question, who would win? If Ric Flair would win nine times out of 10, if Punisher would win nine times out of 10, like you basically just said, then Punisher should get the victory. That's how this show works. I don't know how someone as brilliant as Joey Clift could get such an equation wrong. 
You don't need Mr. Terrific's 19 PhDs in slug posture in order to get this thing right. Out freaking rageous. Joey, congratulations on all of your success. Thank you so much for coming back on the show for what will ultimately have to be the last time. I'm sorry. It's come to this. Two good times for James. Zero good times for Ray. Who am I kidding? You'll probably be back two weeks from now. The point I'm trying to make is you can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. You know the Punisher won. You know this is one of the most brilliantly argued things since Fast and the Furious took down King Kong. I don't even need to hear it. I know I'm going to hear it anyway. The number of DMs I'm about to receive telling me I got robbed is probably going to be longer than the library of Alexandria's book list. Thank you. Well, well stated, Ray. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavsey. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. I'm Erica. And I'm Cassandra. And we're the hosts of Trashy Trashy. We're a podcast filled with trashy news stories and garbage people. Did you leave the scene of an accident to go tanning? Do you refer to wearing the strap down on your Crocs as sports mode? Have you ordered Domino's online before they even open in the morning? Are you switching the same AAA batteries from your TV remote to your vibrator instead of just buying more batteries? Or are you normal? Check us out wherever you download podcasts. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins.